Welcome to the next episode of Meditating with Michael. Bum ba dum ba dum bum. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Meditating with Michael. I think you're in for a treat today. Dean Corkum, man that I taught with for a while and have thought fondly about for as long as I've known him, is here with us today to talk about living a life, uh, actively pursuing your life's passion, being a teacher for as long as he's been, and his story and kind of the behind the scenes of a life that um, is really good and not always easy. So we have a really nice conversation to share um, just about being human and what it's like to pursue what you love. Well, I hope you enjoy it and uh, don't forget to um, you know share this with your friends. Check out my website if you're inclined to uh, and subscribe to this channel so we can keep um, sharing some really great conversations. Thanks for being here. It's going to start recording, and it will go as long until you can see. He's putting the words down right there as we talk. So if I say holy shit, it's going to... You're going to say holy shit, it's going to... And then you laugh. Yep. And then this is my backup. Backup, This this is just audio, but then I can plug it into my computer and... I just thought I was going to have to get this microphone. You know, the thing. You know Joe Rogan? Yeah. Joe Rogan. I thought yeah. I was going to have to have a studio. And, and every, anything I did is like, no, just use your phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Try this app. Yeah. Okay. Thank all you. Right. Yeah. It's all works. free. Perfect. You have a phone already. Okay. So, um, <coughs> the idea, it, you know, you kind of get the idea. Yeah. Right. Totally. Um, so, uh, then I'm just going to start the way I... I'm going to get comfortable. Comfortable as you want, man. Uh, so, I want to welcome Dean Corkum to Meditating with Michael. This is the podcast that uh, I've created, and if you watch the podcast zero episode, or listen, sorry, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And I've known Dean for a long time, it yeah, feels like. probably. Yeah, so two, 1997, I started teaching at wow. Essex. Yeah. yeah, taught there for seven or eight years, yeah. uh, and have for some reason. Well, now we just kind of re- re-engage at UVM, run into each other. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. It is yeah. good. Uh, and so I, when I think of Metastate, I think of people that are on a different continuums. So I, I think of you, and I remember I sent you that message a couple of years ago where yes. I was doing this work in my class and I think of somebody that you that you're inspired as you were thinking doing yeah. good stuff and you're the only person that popped in my head yeah, that's and I hadn't really thought about you for a while yeah. you know not yeah. that you know yeah. not that that's a good or bad thing no. and I was like wow well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna send this I'm gonna send this message to Dean um, and I continue to feel that way when I think of you and I remember working with you and, and I really what what really got me was when I would watch you teach or see you interact with your players and the teams that you coach is just how genuinely interested and how much you care about the the person in the moment that you're chatting with. And yeah. then in general, just people in general. I appreciate you saying that because it's kind of like what you kind of strive for. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. To have that validated a little bit is, is nice. Yeah. So thank you. 
and it not a lot of people from my experience there's it's not everybody that can do that. I mean, there's a lot of teachers, and you know just as well as I do that maybe shouldn't be teaching. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, or coaching, or coaching. Yeah. I don't care if you're a really great athlete. It doesn't mean you have the skills to to help mold and right. and guide people. So I I look at you like that, and then I see you you're teaching now for 97 years or something yeah. like that. Well, 33, but yeah, okay. it feels like that. <laughs> so. So when I look at you, when I think of Metastate, where the you know the definition is actively pursuing your life's passion, it, it looks to me and feels because I know you that that's kind of what you're doing. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So can you do me? A, can you just share Give kind of your yeah, your sure. origin story, kind My of thing? story? Sort yeah. of. So yeah. Um, I mean, I got into this, and I'll go back further. But I got into this because I didn't know any better. I like kids. <laughs> yeah. I like sports. When we got time to go to college, I was like, I don't know, phys ed. Yeah. You know, and that kind of got me started. But I uh, I think I've been I've been blessed with people who have sort of, you know, we all have adults that mold us, but I've been blessed with people each step of the way that has given me a little piece to work with. Um, my mom was a, had me when she was 18. Wow. Um, my, my, uh, my biological dad was not, I knew who he was, but he was not in the picture. My person I called my dad was there right away. Um, they got married when I was, I think I was like three months old. Those two people have been like a lot of people guiding forces in my, you know, and who I've become. My mom is an incredibly compassionate person. She loves to do for others. So I think I kind of garnered that from her mm-hmm. my dad is you know blue collar has you know ran a bulldozer his whole life i get the hard work from him mm-hmm. you know i'd see him leave at three in the morning and come home at six at night because mm-hmm. he'd have to travel to work sure um so those two you know though growing up with that influence on me i think has sort of shaped me into willing to work hard and willing to want to help people and you know, like, you know as well as I do, there's, like, you see young teachers and you're like, you know, that one has it. Right. Or that one doesn't have it. Right. And it's a gift. It's a gift. And I've been blessed because it, in some ways it comes naturally to me mm-hmm. just to sort of zone in on a kid and, you know, make sure that that kid feels like the most important person in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I've been blessed to have a little bit of that gift. And understand that and then be able to use it um, as I've, you know, worked my way through this whole thing. It's just, you know, when I was a kid, I was, kids always wanted to be in my swimming lessons. <laughs> That's where it started, right? Yeah, yeah we, we want, you know, we want you to be our swim teacher. Swim teacher, are you going to be my swim teacher? Um, and I was like, oh, well, maybe this is something I could do, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was sort of the beginning. And I learned lots of lessons from my parents, you know. Leave something better than when you got it. Uh, if you're gonna do a job, do it right. You know, I can remember my dad making me re-sweep the floor or whatever. I'd be like, God, <laughs> really? And now I get it. Yeah. You know, now I get it. Um, yeah. So they've been a part, and then athletically, I think has been the other part of my life that's shaped um, who I am, what I am. Right. Um, and you played what? What? So in high play? school, I played um, I played football, hockey, and baseball in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have a story that really sort of I 
really sort of shaped what I became and, and understood what everybody was telling me the whole way through. Um, so I went to University of Maine in Orono to play baseball. Literally, I wasn't good enough. I mean, that's the bottom line. I can yeah. say whatever you you know, make yeah. whatever excuse. I wasn't good enough. Yep. And I'd worked incredibly hard to be a good baseball player. I wasn't gifted, but I worked hard. Yep. And I'd kind of hit the end of the line. Um, so I transferred to UVM, and my best friend growing up was there. And he's like, you should be playing lacrosse our whole lives. You like lacrosse, lacrosse, why are you playing lacrosse? Mm-hmm. So we were sitting around in the dorm room for the, the night before the first meeting. He's like, come on. Yeah. Why don't you try out? And then he then he appealed to my competitive side. And like, what are you scared? What are you? Uh-huh. All right, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so that. once I did that, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. Um, and so the first week was conditioning. So I found out who the fastest guy was, hmm. and I just got behind him and ran. And that um, sort of set the tone. Coach was like, oh, who's this guy up here running? And then, it, and then when we got to lacrosse, um, you know, I didn't care who or what you were. My job, I picked up ground balls and I could play defense. Yeah. And I made sure I did that always. Always. Every time. Yeah. You know, so long story short, I, I ended up going for the first time in my life looking at a list to see if my name was there. Hmm. Never had to do that before. Because you always knew you were on the list. I was on the team. You know, right? I, didn't I know what you mean. I you know, same, yeah. yeah, you know, sure. right? you're on the team. This is the first time in my life I wasn't sure. And I can remember at UVM and downstairs, my finger down the list, and there was my name. I was like, really? Is that like? Is this right? Yeah. <laughs> down the list? Yeah. There it is. And I remember calling my parents on a payphone. Oh, right. Of and course. And be like, Collect. Collect. <laughs> you, Who uh, knows what that means? <laughs> collect. Yeah. Maybe a calling card. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I made it. Yeah. I made it. And that was your freshman. No, you weren't freshman. Well, oh, you trans- freshman year at UVM because you so transferred, speak. right? Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. I played played four years of lacrosse. Started two time captain. Um, well, but that was one experience. And then when I was in high school, you know, I was a good athlete. And for boy, men, boys, whatever, in high school, the Shrine football game was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was... Well, where'd you grow up? Woodstock, Vermont. Oh, of course. I remember yeah, I yeah, knew yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, Okay. So the Shrine yeah. football, and I, and I, um, that was a dream, you know, and I was not the biggest, fastest, or strongest, but I was the best on my football team. Mm-hmm. Comes around to the announcing the team, and I was a, an alternate. Wow. I was crushed. Crushed. Yeah. Right? So, go through the spring. Then they had the first ever uh, baseball game, Vermont New Hampshire baseball yep. game. Yeah. Alternate. Mm. I was crushed. Yeah. Now, there were guys in the Shrine game who were a guy in our high school who was bigger, faster, stronger, but I was better than him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had that in the back of my mind. Like. Yeah. So, um, after they announced the baseball team, about a week later, I get a phone call. We want you to come play. You Somebody dropped out. I'm like, all right. So I said to my best friend, I said, listen, I'm going to start. You watch. I'm going to start in this game. He's like, how are you going to do that? you got like a, a practice before the games. You watch. I'm going to start. So I caught batting practice. And one of the things, a catcher, I was a catcher, okay. did back then is every time there was a ground ball, if nobody was on base, you ran down and backed up first base. Sure. So when you take batting practice, the last one, you run out. The batter runs it out. So I ran down and backed up first base. Foul ball in batting practice, I dove and caught it. 
So that night, I started. Yeah. Um, so I played one and a half games. It was awesome. Um, I had Jim Billings and all these legends of baseball coaching me. Mm-hmm. So a couple weeks later, um, Legion Baseball starting. I'm like, look, if I get a chance to play a Shrine game, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So uh, I get a call. And they said it was the Burlington. Jim Billings was the Burlington baseball coach. Mm-hmm. Shrine coaches were the Burlington football coaches. Ah. We talked to Jim Billings. He said, you need to be on our team. Yeah. So I turned to my friend and say, I'm going to start. Yeah. He's like, all right, well, maybe this time it makes sense. <laughs> you got two weeks of practice. Yeah. So go to Shrine Camp, two weeks, game day, I start. And, I, and you know, I played off and on, whatever. And then at the end of the game, um, we go in the locker room, and I go out and meet my parents, and they hand me my Legion baseball uniform. Hmm. And they got, all these guys are talking about parties, yeah, we're going to meet at this, that. I'm like, what are you doing? I put on my Legion baseball uniform. I'm like, I, my Legion team is playing tonight in Montpelier. I'm going there. So I went to Montpelier after the Shrine game, sat on the bench, didn't play, whatever. Yeah. Cheered on my team. Next day, sat on the bench, didn't play, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that was important to me. Which part was important to you? Going to the game. Why? And watching. Why? Right? Because I knew, you know, these guys, I had played all summer with them, and it was, they were important people to me, and I needed to follow through on my commitment. Yeah. And that doesn't happen much. It's interesting that you bring that up. And so, as you're telling this story, which I think is great, I didn't know this stuff about you, I can still feel it coming out of you, and it was a long time ago. Yeah. So, where... What what it, what role does that play in your now you t- teaching for so long? What those memories of you not being somewhere where you thought you deserved to be baseball and yeah. football, and then that that twinge of man, am I am I not good enough? Yeah, I think I'm yeah. good enough, but yeah. am I not? How does that? How did you wrap that into? Because it clearly has made it made a big impact on right. you. Right. Where does that fit in? Um, you know, I've always kind of got this underdog mentality a little mm-hmm. bit. And yeah. that's always fueled my fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always wanted to make sure I didn't leave any stone unturned. Mm-hmm. Because I realized that when I look back. And, you know, people talk to you about, like, working hard, being committed, you know, put your best foot forward. Um, and I think that little chunk of time allowed me to... Uh, relay that to kids and let them know in some ways, let Mm -hmm. them know this is what can be a result. It may not always be you know the outcome is not always what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I use that experience in just about everything I did, teaching and coaching um, that I always felt like I needed to do a little extra to make sure things went went well. Right. Um, and that, um, and that sort of shaped me later. Like, usually you think you get, you shaped, you're shaped when you're, I don't know, 8, 10, 12. Sure. 15. Yeah. But, you know, I was, I was a senior in high school. And, you know, a lot of times you think you know it all. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there, right? Yeah, of course. Um, so I just feel like, you know, that really, uh, gave me a little boost and to figure out a way when things didn't go well, what I could do to make it so they did go well or help for them to go well. Yeah. And I, and knowing that about you now, kind of for me, because I 
used to, you know, work with you yeah. and, and watch you coach explains, you know, not that I needed to understand because I just loved watching you coach and be with the kids. But now th- that makes sense yeah. that, that, you know, there are people that would have, you know, had that experience in high school and become bitter. Well, and, so, and yes. yeah, and, and so my, I guess my question, which I think you're going to answer is what, I'm sure you had thoughts like that. It's like, well, screw that. I'm going to give up. But what, 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 why didn't you, why did you go the other direction and be like, you know, you know, some kids might've said, oh, you want me now? Cause somebody, somebody quit. Well, it's screw really, you. It's really interesting you say that because yeah. so, um, a few years after I got done it in college, I had my first job interview, mm-hmm. Burlington Middle School. Hmm. I go and I sit down at, at the interview table, and you know, as a principal, or whatever. And sure. there's Jim Billings <laughs> and Bob Yates, who was the Burlington football coach. Yeah. Now, if I had been, like you said, bitter, yeah, that you know, I'm not. You want me? You, you yeah. Know, you, I'm gonna, I'll you go, lost your but, chance. Yeah. I'll go, but what? Yeah. I don't think I would have got hired. Yeah, you probably wouldn't have. Right? Yeah. So I tell that story to kids all the time. Yeah. I say, listen, you never know when someone's watching and you're going to have to go yeah. back. And and for me, you know, I'm not sure, but if somehow I got, I developed this the attitude of, I'll prove to you that I belong there. Mm-hmm. And I think my parents never allowed me to be in any way sort of, you know, like if something didn't go well, well, you, you know, buckle up and... Let's go make it right. Yeah. How are you going to do that? Yeah. And I think that's kind of where it, it came from originally. Plus, I had a high school football coach who was incredible. Mm-hmm. And he sort of, my parents laid the foundation and he just added some to the to the building. But I, I feel like, you know, for some reason in me, I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder that people didn't realize. Mm-hmm. And if you said I couldn't do anything, hmm. I was going to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with playing lacrosse at UVM. Like, people are like, who's this guy? Can't even catch with his left hand. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but don't go for Get it. Get out of the way. Yeah, I'm coming. Yeah. I'm, Whether I make it or not. Yeah. You know? I'm going for that ground ball. You better I'm not be in the way. My ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I just, yeah. I, and I think sometimes that comes from my parents, you know, my mom having me as a teenager, and, you know, things weren't always easy when we were, when I was younger, and, you know, my dad worked so freaking hard to give us everything we need. Like, I had a batting cage as a kid. Mom. I'm the only child. Yeah. You know, a batting cage. Like, who has a batting cage? Right. Not many people. No. I had yeah. one. Yeah. My dad, you know, my parents provided me with a lot. I got to play hockey. I got to ski. Um, yeah. And plus, I also, uh, it takes a village. You know, we've heard that before. And the town I grew up in was incredible that way. There was adults everywhere that sort of just had an eye on you or nurtured you. You know, my parents didn't ski, but I love to ski. Mm-hmm. They dropped me off at the ski area, a little place. Yeah. But all the adults would watch out for you. Sure. Um, and that's how I got to be able to do both. Sure. Um, you know, so we had a very nurturing place, and a very odd place because it's, it was, you know, it's kind of in this parallel worlds of on one side was my dad, the blue collar worker, and we used to go to stock car races on Saturday night mm-hmm. at Claremont Speedway. And I would, the bleachers were built into the... Sure. I'd, I'd fall asleep in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, my best friend, yeah. Chris Nichols, his dad sold real estate, and the next day I could find myself at a 
don't know, Kentucky Derby party with all these fancy hats. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And all this, you know, we'd go on vacation near my dad's construction site. I'd go on vacation with him. We'd go to Nantucket. Like these two sure. worlds that were just, yeah. you know, and, and I feel very fortunate. My mom and dad accepted it. And, you know, the Nichols family, um, they accepted me. Um, but sometimes it was kind of weird, this parallel sort of stuck in between a little bit, not sure. Yeah, right. You know, um, definitely influenced, I think, you know, my life growing up. But just lucky, man. Adults that like to have fun, you know, they showed us, you know, these lawyers that were t- retired, they burned all the law books in a bonfire. <laughs> you know, just have sledding parties and, you know, huge Capture the flag parties and the oh woods, man, I remember know? those days. Oh yeah, I remember. Did people still do that? I don't know, but it was a blast. It was a blast. Try to do it now, it probably end up <laughs> yeah, pulling a hammy and getting a concussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> come get me. Uh, oh man. So I kind of ran on there for a while. No, no, that's exactly what this is about. So um, that's great backstory. I love hearing all that stuff, and it makes, like I said before, it just yeah, it, it makes sense. And so I'm lucky enough to get... So the other part that I was lucky, you know, Essex High School, I student taught there. Yeah. I was like, if I ever get a chance to be there, I will... That'll be it. Yeah. And I was going to Lucky, man, lucky, you know? Perfect segue. I mean, so now you teach. Yeah. When did you start there? I started there in 1990. 1990. So I'd been a student teacher there, and again... You never know when something you do is going to influence a decision. So when I was a student teacher there, I also helped the JV football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still had my summer job the first week of football practice, and the practice was in the evening. So I got done my summer job at like 3.30. I drove to Essex, mm-hmm. just an hour and a half, did football practice, drove home. Mm. Next day, did that for a week. And that, people took notice of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. so... Um, when it came time for me to apply for the job, there was a lot of competition, but I think that gave me a little bit of a leg up. You know, good, this guy's willing to. Right. And the other thing they asked me was, you know, will you, what will you coach? And I was like, I'll coach anything. So, right. Football, lacrosse, I've coached hockey a little bit. I've, um, I coached, I coached skiing a couple of years, which is funny, but yeah, you know, I, I'll do whatever. Well, and here's the piece about being a coach. I mean, and, and I can, I think of my dad when the way you talk right now. So I'll, I'll coach anything because that's what you can do. Because coaching isn't, you know, you have to know certain games. You need to know a little bit of cursory information about how the sport is played. Right. But that isn't what coaching is. No. Yeah, and you know that, and that's why you're so good at it. It's my just dad, a vehicle. Was, my dad, he's a. I came home. I said, I want to play hockey. I was five years old. He's, he's never skated in his life. He, he taught himself how to skate. He ended up being a level five certified coach. He did every, went through the whole awesome. national. So, yeah. He coached me. For, he's the best coach I ever had. Yeah. He coached me for 14 years yeah, or whatever it was. Yeah. You learned so much. But, from. but he couldn't. He can barely skate. <laughs> and so he funny. understood the game. He made sure he understood the game, but that's right, not what made him great. Spot. That's not what made him great. It's not shaping yeah. people to. Yeah. Shape and yeah. figure out, and, right? And you know. so, so you carry through your, your, you know, you, this is your your high school, early college career, and you bring all of that, the compassion, the underdog mentality, the don't give up, and the idea that each kid, regardless, sometimes how much of a pain in the ass they are, I can think of a few immediately, oh, and it's been yeah. a long time since yeah, I've taught right. high school. Yeah. Oh boy, they're there. Oh boy, they're still there. Of course they are. <laughs> But but 
the good teachers can look past it. Yeah. And I think that's and and not that you don't get frustrated or or oh, reach your yeah. end with people. Yes. But there's there the is some, maybe a little higher than normal. You know what I mean? Getting the end might be absolutely. It's a little yeah. higher. You have a little. You can you can like I said, you can see past the anger and the frustration because you know that a lot a lot of these kids, maybe not a lot, but there are a certain percentage every year that come in and don't have the foundation that you and I had as a child. Exactly. We don't. We didn't have. Something to work from that was already solid mm-hmm. and good that your coach added on to. Yes. They're coming from right. no a foundation. dirt floor. They yeah. don't even have concrete. Well, they even dug the freaking they, they foundation, have, right? They haven't done nothing. anything. Yeah. And then so, and I think knowing that and being aware of it, it doesn't make it easier. No. However, it makes it more, you, it gives you more patience. Yes. Um, yes. And so, why, why have you taught for 33 years? I mean, do you still feel lucky? I still feel so lucky. Really? I love it. Yeah. So so many people can't say that. I know. So I I, yeah. I think it's it's there's not like a definitely not a year that goes by that a kid doesn't make my day. Mm-hmm. There's probably not a month or even sometimes a week go, goes by that a kid doesn't make my day. Right. I'd be like, all right, I'm this is good. I'm doing you know. I just I had a girl in this last year. It was she really kind of struggled with COVID all stuff right in mm-hmm. the last day. She's like, I have to go to a meeting, but I'm going to come back and say goodbye to you. Hmm. I was like, oh, my God. That's the nicest thing a kid is. So know? simple, but so meaningful. You know, and then and I said, okay, I'm going to be here wherever. And then I wasn't there. And then she sent me an email. And I said, listen, the fact that you said you wanted to come say goodbye for the summer, that's all I need. Yeah. You know? Or the other thing that just happened recently, a kid who probably when he was 10, I used to run a mountain bike camp. Yeah. In Essex Junction. He did my mountain bike camp. Fast forward a few years, he played lacrosse for me. Mm-hmm. Now he's probably, I don't even know, 25, 28. He sent me a text the other day, want to go mountain biking with me. Really? Like, that is like gold. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's just, that's what keeps me fueled, I think, is seeing those situations. And then, you know, kids just need somebody to love them. Right. And I... I I genuinely love kids. Mm-hmm. Everything about them, even the ones that are peeing in the butt. Yeah. And to be able to still have that in me after 33 years is remarkable. Yes. And I've retired from co- being the head lacrosse coach because that got to be too much. But I don't see like I'm much. I'm, I got to a point where I was like, yeah, you know, I needed a break. Yeah. And, and plus, something a lot of people don't know about me, which I tell people all the time, is I've had mental illness mm. struggles. Um, depression and anxiety are mm. a part of, like, sometimes the weather mm. will trigger something. Um, but around 2009 or 10, right, I, Lucy's like, you gotta, you got to talk to somebody. Yeah. Because we were on vacation. I was like, like this rain cloud over me. You know what I mean? Like, I was just moping around. I know exactly what you mean. You know? And I was yeah. like, wow. I couldn't get out of my own way. I came back. I had, like, I got two kids that are awesome. I got a wife who's incredible. I got, at that time, was probably the best lacrosse team. Mm-hmm. And is probably the best lacrosse team I ever had. Yeah. But. Something. was not good, you know? You have I, a great life. Yeah. So I, what's this? So yeah. I went. Yeah. I went to the my doctor, actually my PA. Mm-hmm. And the minute I told her. I just broke down and bawled. Mm. Bawled like a baby. Yeah. Which is not uncommon for me, but I... Yeah? I cry. Yeah. But this time, I just was like... Something was in there. It came out. Yeah. 
And so I started taking medication, um, and it's good, but it's some days it's, it's a struggle. Um, and that kind of wore on me coaching, being the head coach, being in charge. And I, I'm just barely coming to the realization, I think, that I was worried, the anxiety part was I was worried about doing something that wouldn't meet up to the expectations I have or what, what I am. Mm-hmm. Or saying something, or something going wrong, or and it just—it was a heavy burden, I think, to 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 bear. Hmm. You know, I was worried about somebody getting hurt. What if I, you know, all these things, and so I was worn out from being a head coach. It's a lot different. It is than a being lot. Assistant coach, absolutely. Um, but I don't find that in teaching. I'm having a blast, man. Yeah. You know, uh, it doesn't impact me teaching wise, and I think it's because I removed part of that stressor that was there. Um, but it was hard. It's you know it comes and goes. It's this interesting sort of thing. Um, it's, it, what's interesting to me, and first of all, I just want to acknowledge that you're willing to acknowledge mm. that, and you know, and part of uh, the work I've done uh, is also admitting that depression and anxiety and and those kinds of things that dictated a huge chunk of my life unconsciously. Yeah. I wasn't really aware of what was going on behind the scenes. I had to really go back in my childhood. And again, just like you said, I had a great, I had a good life. Yeah. I mean, I was, I'm playing catch of the flag. I was, right, cool. I was yeah. climbing trees and making forts and I had good friends playing ball. I yeah. did a lot of great things. Yeah. You know, but there, there was something underneath that was just kind of fueled it. And when I went back and looked at some of the different experiences in my childhood and then in later in my high school you know late teen years there were a few experiences that affected me in such a powerful way that created this belief limiting belief belief system mm-hmm. inside my head that I wasn't good enough and that there were issues and I was and people are going to what are people going to think of me and they're going to think judge, I'm a judge, judge. Right? Yes. I'm, I'm a fraud and if I don't do this then they're going to think this of me mm-hmm. and it dictated mm-hmm. until I was about 40 16 mm-hmm. so I can relate to that. I know you can. And so the the best thing I ever did in first, is, um, well, when I started seeing a therapist, I I dip, I you know I played down those experiences in my life. He said, "Stop. Those aren't small things." Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Th- those experiences, the reason that you are making them seem small is because they hurt so much. Yeah. You don't want to be yeah. there. Yeah. And so when I finally engaged with them and then processed them and, you know, whatever I had to do to get through it, yeah. I did a lot of writing yep. and I took, you know, courses and then a lot of talking eventually, it just evaporated from me. It was, it, yeah, I, I, I literally changed, I say I changed my past and I don't mean I changed the event, but I changed now my perception of the yep. event and my relationship to that 17 year old kid. Yeah. That was betrayed and lied to and embarrassed and felt yeah. shame and right. All of those things, I I don't it doesn't I don't have the same memories anymore with yeah. that and my life totally it's shifted. It's like a huge weight lifted off and like when I I went five days after I made this recovery and I felt like I was floating. Yeah, because like you said, so literally it was a weight and it was an energetic thing. Yes, the, all of a sudden I had this open space. For all this energy that I had, that had been, I'd been yep. putting out to try to figure out and be depressed or angry all the time. Now that was gone. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I didn't eat for five days. Yeah. And I, I would, 
I didn't need to. I was no. awake. I was, yeah. It was there, amazing. Present. Yes. Um, and I felt like I was floating. So, yeah. so you saying that, um, what was interesting to me is how you are able to, and I could, I could feel your energy shift and watch, because we're sitting here, I could watch your body shift too. When you talk about teaching, you're lighter, you sat yeah, yeah, up, yeah, yeah. teaching's great, but when you talk about sports, there's something there. Yeah. Like that, there's something, and I'm yeah. not asking you, I'm just no, saying no, I no. can sense that, there's, that, that there was, that's a burden. Yeah. And maybe, maybe you've already figured that out. I just I haven't, but I think yeah. in you saying that, I feel like <clears throat> growing up, uh, I was the guy. But guy for what? I was. You needed three yards. Give it to me. Oh, oh, you know I, what see. I mean, okay. Big play. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Yeah. Not from my parents. No. I think you know. No. Just the whole way through growing up, I was kind of. I was always really good. Mm-hmm. But, but I wouldn't say talented. But there's a lot of hard work. But, a lot of hard work. You know, it was always good. And the expectation was, oh, count on Dean. You know, and then I remember going to Orno, Maine, and being like. Oh boy. Feeling like a failure. Massive. And I think that's what fueled the whole lacrosse thing. But mm-hmm. when I back up, I think there is a lot of, was a lot of, you know, you just sort of opened the door almost. Like, a lot of pressure to be a certain way. Yeah. Like, I was always the really nice guy. Yeah. Was good to people. Was the athlete. Dependable. Yeah. Always. You know what I mean? For everything. Right. And, I hated to let people down, and you know, and I look back. This is kind of funny, but I never really dated anybody because if I had to break up, yeah, I didn't want to have to face that. I don't blame you. You know what I mean? Because it's like you know, it's a small town, and it'd be somebody maybe I've been friends with since second grade, right? Right. And I didn't want to risk that relationship, and I really couldn't handle that at all. You know, the few times that it did happen, um, I, I, I just didn't know how to. I wanted to please people. Yeah. Um, so I think that with athletics, being in charge, I felt a, a lot of pressure to be successful. Um, Internal. Yeah. Yeah. There weren't people out there screaming at you and being mad at you if you didn't do it. No. No, but somehow you had to prove something, and it was to yourself. And it was to myself. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, I've been a JV football coach for 35, this will be my 35th year. Wow. The swan song. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Like, I never felt pressure, because JV football, whatever. Yeah, because, like, you just, there you are again. I could, you could, could you feel the shift yeah, right there? Yeah, right, yeah. You could. It's like... Varsity head lacrosse coach. Yeah. Oh, boy, i got to prove myself. Yeah. JV football coach, everybody plays. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? You know, and, and yeah. when the varsity football job opened up, people were like, oh, you're gonna, you should take it. You should. I'm like, no, no way. way. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Even with hockey, when I saw you there, you just kind of stand in the back. Oh, I'm just here as a teacher. I tell people. It was easy. Yes. Because tell, there's no, yeah. I tell people all the time, I'm the old guy. Literally the yeah. old guy they keep around. Yeah. Right? I yeah. have an influence on the kids. Yeah. I have a question about school. Sure. Because they are teachers. Yeah. Yeah. I do know how to skate, thankfully. Cause yeah. Because the first time I came out, the kid's like, you know how to skate, Clark? Can you skate? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I can skate. <laughs> Not very well anymore, no, but I can yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. I literally practice skate around and... Talk with everybody. Talk with the kids. Yeah. And, and distract. Yeah. Right up my alley. Of course it is. You right. Know? There's no pressure. Um, and that's the same way with teaching. Like, I, yeah. I people say, because I can retire in a year. People say, you can retire? I'm like, and why? I don't, I yeah. I think so. Yeah. I'm having fun, man. Yeah. You know, the major stress or pressure-filled thing 
is no longer there. Yeah. I loved all every minute of it, right? Don't I want to make sure. Well, that's fine. You don't have you to. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I love the 30 years of that. Yeah. Um, overall, when you look back, it was overall, great. It was great. Yeah. Especially when you get kids, they introduce their kids yeah. to me. Oh, man. Boy, that makes you old. <laughs> well. You are old. Buddy, I have a, a player, Eric Becker, and I'm coaching uh, 802 lacrosse in the summertime, which again. Oh, you, you were just doing that, right? Yeah. yeah. Which again is fun. It's yeah, of course. I have a son, Sam Decker, on my team. Wow. That's old. That's old. That's old. Second generation. Yeah. Meanwhile, Sammy's like, you're going to do the third generation? I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> You're <that> wheelchairs <laughs> out here? Exactly right. You're going to need a wheelchair. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's interesting. I think you hit, really hit on something. Um, Can I ask you another question? Yeah, absolutely. You ever heard of blood memory? You know what epigenetics are? Nope. Okay. So something, this, I'm just sharing this with you because that's what I found about it myself yeah. and it made a big difference for yeah. me, is that uh, blood memory is a simpler way to identify that we get things from our ancestors that we don't know we have. Okay. And they yep. don't have to be just physical things. Right. Like they're, they're, blue eyes, blonde hair, whatever. Yeah. We get that. Th- those are yeah. obvious. Oh, yeah. we're, yeah, I'm from Denmark. Look at me. Or yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm, personally, I'm Armenian and Italian. Look at me. I'm yeah. hairy as a Yeah, right. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> I was going to say bear. <laughs> well, whatever. Dark skin, you know. Yeah, what I mean? right. Yeah. So th- those are obvious, but we also have neural networks that are passed down to us. Interesting. That yeah. are subtle, and so something I discovered for myself is where does this feeling come for me? This intense for me of not being good enough yeah. and and needing to prove, kind of like you said. Um, to myself, it feels like that I am good yeah, enough. Yeah. And when I started looking at epigenetics, which is the, it's the, our DNA code is very um, structurally sound, and yeah. then there's all these other little markers that are wrapped around it that tell it what to do. Like, so if you get expose your body to a number of things that cause cancer, those epigenetic markers are going to be turned on or off, and your cells will develop cancer. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so it also goes with mindset. Yeah. So why? So feel, not feeling good enough. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. And so I. So, but powerfully for me, when I look back to my mother, grandmother, and then kind of speculation back to my great grandparents. Yeah. It's not mine. Yeah. And so, the yeah. Big, but, but, I, but I believed it was mine because yeah. it felt real, because our yeah. feelings are real. Right. Um, but this, this powerful feeling of not being good enough, I think, was handed down to me. Yeah. In a way that I was unaware of. Yeah. And then, so, yeah. the, so I was really nervous then that, oh, my God, I passed this down to my kids. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And the best thing, so what I learned about epigenetics is that it changes constantly, and your environmental uh, exposure, whether it be physical experience or emotional experience, can turn on and off that kind of triggers inside your DNA markers. And so I made it a point to talk to every one of my kids. I said, I know you've struggled with this. Because they were teenagers when I was, like, depressed. In the the deep, deep end. When I was in the hole. Yeah. And I didn't know how to dig myself yeah, out of it. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I had enough tools. I know how to build a ladder, so yeah. thank God. Physically, and yeah. I had to right. learn mentally how to build a ladder. Right. And you got yourself out But of I it. said, listen, yeah. I, I, I've watched you struggle, and part of my concern is that you're struggling my struggle. Yeah. And it isn't even my struggle. I passed it on. And we had some unbelievable conversations, yep. which was great. 
and liberating for me. Yes. Especially feeling better about being a dad. Yep. Because I didn't, I don't always feel like I'm well, doing yeah, a good job. I don't job. think we all do. I know. But, yeah, right? But you but do it, the best you can. But it would bury me. Yeah. Like Father's Day was de- one of the most depressing days of, yeah, my, of the year for me. Yeah. Because I, because I wasn't good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think of again. all, I think of all the things I did wrong. Yeah. I don't think like that anymore. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. Um, well, you know, so my kids now, you know them. I, I know Maddie a little bit. <coughs> I don't know your son. Um, I know where he sits in the in the locker room. Yeah, <laughs> right, thirty two. Yep, I see his cubby all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's pretty neat because he's a pretty well, and he can't that that team coach yeah. vice. Yeah. There's not a thing out of place in that locker room. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's the neatest room in the building. Yeah, that's awesome. Regardless, yes, um, yeah. So, my daughter Madison uh, saw a therapist when she was in eighth grade, maybe mm-hmm. seventh grade. And I'm, um, and she, you know, she's struggled with some mental illness. Fast forward to UVM, you know, she plays lacrosse. Um, captain. Captain. Nice. Um, I was a two-time captain, and with Corona, she ended up being a two-time captain. So yeah, oh, like, of course. She's like, you don't have one up on me. <laughs> um, but when she was a junior, she started to struggle mm-hmm. mentally, right? College. Yes. Yes. Uh, and it impacted her whole her. Whole Everything like she's always sort of been this bubbly, sunshiny, you know, bring light to everything. Mm, I wonder who she sounds like. Yeah, well, I think it's right? right, and she's always you know propped people up. Well, she needed some propping up, but felt like it was her job to be the proper, you know, mm-hmm. to be the one to and being a, you know and, and being one. Of, she wasn't a captain at the time, but being one of the leaders of the team, and that had sort of been the role that she's taken on from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she really had a hard time. She felt, at the end of the day, she felt exhausted Mm -hmm. because she was constantly working to make sure this happened. You know, and it affected, um, she she made a school okay, but lacrosse was typically in the afternoon. By the time she got there, she was got nothing left. Yeah. Um, So she talked to her therapist a little bit, got a little bit of medication, and halfway through her junior year, boom, she came out of it, played. Um, so, and I, I wonder a little bit about her in that same sort of not feeling like she's not sure she's good enough. Yeah. Because when you're a kid on the team from Vermont, mm-hmm. there's no Vermonters on the team. Sure. She wasn't really recruited. Yeah. She didn't really feel wanted. Mm. Coaches have been awesome. Yeah. They didn't recruit her, but coaches have been awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, she earned herself a little chunk of a scholarship. Um, and then, and then her playing time was kind of up and down, and I think she's struggled with that a little bit, sure. feeling like not sure she's good enough. Yeah, you know. So I think that's probably exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever thought about it. Yeah. Well, think about this. I you think know? I think about this a lot. Yeah. That's um, my work is based on this, yeah. right? So for me, this is a kind of a roundabout way I think. When I realized I never would ask for help, yeah, no, God, I'd, I'd be I'd be hanging a twenty foot rafter. That was the way we were brought brought up, don't you think? I agree, but and here it ties back in. We were brought up that way because that's how our my parents thought, not my dad. I don't think as much, but yeah. so here's where I'm going with this. I wouldn't ask for help because the moment I ask for help, why do I need help? Yeah, am I not good enough? Yeah. That's why I need help. And, this, and the scarier thing, which, I, which is going to sound kind of crazy, is that when I had the courage 
actually, to, to admit that I needed help and ask for help, when somebody offered it, all of a sudden, wait, they're helping me, so I must be good enough. Yes, right. But then Rather that, than you ask. But that's a contradiction. Yeah. Because so, now I'm worth helping? How can I be worth helping? I don't feel like I'm worth it. Yes. And so if if you're always helping people, that kind of feeds you enough because you you get that little bit of, I'm okay, I'm, I'm making a difference for them. Yes. But you're missing the point that allowing somebody to make a difference for you is the cycle that has to happen. Yeah. And I, I think I see that in teaching. Of course you do. That's why you love it. Right? When I see kids, when I help kids, and they yeah. come back and say, Mr. Corker, you're, exactly right. you're the greatest person ever, or whatever. You know, then, you're the yeah. favorite teacher. I want to say goodbye to you before the summer ends. Right? And you said, I, once a week, probably, somebody makes my day, because they're, yeah. they're completing that cycle. Yeah, that's yeah, that's very true. And you know, when, it, when it, the whole mental illness thing, I really struggled for a few years up to me finally going and mm-hmm. because I think because uh pull your pants up, tighten yeah. up the belt. What you, you know, what you're you're you yeah. don't need to right? What are you a wimp? Yeah, exactly yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um and that is something that and again, all these experiences I feel like are are sort of what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Because with what my occupation is, mm-hmm. it is worth a million dollars to say to a kid Yes. Who doesn't want to come into the gymnasium because they're having a rough day? Listen, I take medication. I've struggled anxiety, depression. And they kind of look at me like, whoa, really? Yep. You? Right. Because I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky guy. No one would think. Even when you were depressed. On the outside, right. nobody said, nobody, right. nobody knew it. Yeah. Right. I get not, it. I don't think that's good either. That of course it's not good. Right? Yeah. No. That's... that's yeah, you got good at it, just yeah. like I was good at it. A good actor. Uh, yeah, although right. for me, I was angry a lot. Yeah, and it was obvious that it's like, what are you angry for? I'm not angry. What do yeah, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. For you, I, it was really you did an amazing job pretending yeah. that it wasn't. You know, um, but you know all those oh, yeah. things about working hard and not giving up, and yeah, you know, I think I can pass those on to kids, athletically or yeah, in school. And let's be, I mean, I. You know, is physical education the most important thing they're going to learn? Well, for maybe some, a little bit. For some of them. Right? I mean, I yeah. feel like I want kids to be active. I, you know, yeah. in my classes, I really kind of focus my attention more on the kids that don't like it. Right. You know, try to win them over. Of course. Because I want them to be active. Right. But is it calculus? Is it going to help them become a doctor? What? No. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. But, but I think what I do give kids is compassion and love and... Yeah understanding and some things to help them find their way yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And that's all the experiences I right. think that I've had, you know, and obviously, I mean, that's probably a pretty common theme, I guess, those experiences you have, you can use later on in life, but I, being aware of it. There's, there's the answer. Right? You have yeah. to be aware of it. And then you have to have the courage to share it. Ooh. That's a big deal. Sharing the mental illness picture, thing? Picture yourself 10 years ago saying, oh, no, it's okay. I, I have depression. Yeah, no. Never going to happen. No, I'm not going to, no. Because then you're admitting it to yourself. Weakness. And weakness. Oh. Don't be weak. Don't be weak. Right. And what's amazing to me is that for, and this is a, going a different direction, but with you being so open to being compassionate and emotionally aware and giving somebody a hug and just showing that you love them, for a lot of men, that is weakness. So It feels, you know. For I, me, for a long time, it was like, wait, I can't show that I care about something. Yes. Be- um, before, my, before my medication, I was a crier. Yeah. You know, and, and that's sort of been, you know, for better or worse, I don't yeah. know. But, it, but when I, in my banquet, when I was sort of talking about these kids, 
I'd be a blubbering mess. It's okay. It's exact, right? And of course. So many people, parents, you know, it's great. These kids see you. Number one, cry. Number two, tell them you. I tell kids all the time, I love them. Yeah. Um, the boys, especially, mm-hmm. understanding that that's okay. Yeah. And it's okay to hug. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just the kids this weekend. You knock it right onto them. Oh, yeah. I'm like, wait they a must love getting hugs from you. Oh, they do. You're, I, the, good, you're the right size for a yeah. giving a hug. So I, yeah. I give the kid a hug. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not letting go until that arm. you got to get that arm yeah. over here. And I put their yeah. arm over here. And then I put this arm up it's here. It's like, like a dead head on your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? This is a hug. Okay, now. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. We'll see you next weekend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. You know, you right now have given me more perspective to work with, which is awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, every, I feel like every person that you run into is going to give you something. Maybe not always good, but this conversation right here. Yeah. Has definitely opened my mind. And I do all my thinking of mountain bike riding is one of my favorite things. There you go. Yeah. I have these, when I was, (laughs) it's kind of funny. I, when I was a kid growing up, I had a hard time falling asleep at night. Really? Uh Huh? So I tell myself stories, make up a story in my head. Like, you know, Oh, it's fourth down. And oh, whatever. okay. Oh, or oh, oh yeah. Like, Dean comes through again. You know? Yeah, of course. I'd be, like, ah. I'd okay. be out. Sure. And now when I'm mountain biking, I find myself having this internal conversation yeah. about whatever. Yeah. You know? Um, and this is going to add, definitely add to the content, I think, yeah. which is awesome. It, I appreciate that. No, I, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing this for, yeah. you know, the outside of just yeah. this podcast. But, yeah, I, yeah I, I've spent so many countless hours thinking about my place in the world and how I fit in and it's hard it, it is hard and and at the when you get right down to it it's the easiest damn thing you can yes. do it's really but it's getting through all the bullshit right all the layers well you know and I, and I try to tell kids you know follow what you love and this is what I've done I tell people all the time my bank account yeah I've got eleven dollars in my wallet. That's about all I've got. Yeah, it's <laughs> not big. My yeah. whatever my retire. I don't even know retirement yeah. stuff, but yeah. whatever. I've I've been lucky with teaching all these sure. years. Sure, I have a pretty good reasonable size. thing, yeah. and I'm going to be able to mountain but, bike with. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I told somebody that I'm, it's simple for me: my family, my mountain bike, and my skis. That's all I need. Yeah, but I don't know where I was going with it before, right before I got on my mountain bike, and my skis, and my family. But I, oh, my bank account. Yeah. I tell people all the time, my bank account's not very full. Yeah. But you know what? My heart... There you go. ...is freaking... It can explode on any on a daily basis. Right. Because I get... You know, I live near the Labrizzi's. Every one of those kids has been like gold to me. Yeah. Now I see Zach, you know, and his two boys, and Max has got a kid, and Braden Merrill calling me to go mountain biking, and Jay McCormick wants to give me a ride in his hot air balloon. <laughs> you know, like... Have you done that before? N- no. Not, oh, that's amazing. He has a bench one, too, that he wants to take me up on. You sit on a bench with a thing on. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe with skis you can jump off. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Oh, boy. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. all these kids that I, uh, you know, I have a guy, Scotty Edwards, on my first team. He's coached lacrosse with me when I was head coach for 20 years. I yeah. got... I have so much that if I ever needed anything, I know... Yeah, you're taken care of. The boys would take care of me. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think, hmm. what gives me satisfaction you know kids at school yeah um you're the only person who ever who ever said whatever or right ever showed me or, yeah you know um yeah they don't come back and say their memories aren't initially uh oh yeah there was a winning season or you know and it might be a good it might be a great moment in a specific game but it's it's not that and yeah. that's what for me yeah 
it's the same thing. Yeah. Of course. You know, we won, we won whatever. I don't know. I got yeah. whatever wins and yeah. a couple, you know, championships, but really some of the best teams I've had have won one game and the yeah. kids have been awesome and yeah. and and especially the guys that I've managed to uh um who on the bench who mm-hmm. didn't play much. Yeah. But bought in to the whole with, operation. Yeah. Sure. And we did their part, whatever it is. Yeah, like Legion Baseball. Like Legion Baseball. There right? you go. Go back and yeah. And I see it in Madison this year. She didn't play barely at all. She's yeah. captain. And and she, I'd see her girls would come off. You know, she'd talk to them, yeah. slap them, you know, high five yeah. them. And uh, she's coaching 802 lacrosse girls, right? And apparently, somebody told me that she said to the girls the other day. Not all of you are going to play all the time, but you need to find your role in the team. And I was like, ta-da! <laughs> there it is, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, again, I feel blessed that yeah. I ended up where I did. You know, and then and Lucy, Jesus. It's not easy to have be the wife or the... or the Partner. Partner, thank yeah. you, yeah. of a, co- a head coach. But she supported me. Yeah. And it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And luckily, you know, she likes sports, and yeah, um, you know, we probably wouldn't be together if, you right? Know, who knows? Right. But she's been awesome, and I've learned a ton from her because she has three siblings, and I think a lot of what I lack sometimes might be because sibling interaction. Sure. You know, conflict resolution. Yeah. <laughs> Not your favorite thing. <laughs> It's okay, it's okay. Everything's gonna be fine. Just yes, sit down. exactly. That's my mom. You yeah, know? of She's, course. Yeah, you know, conflict resolution, man. No way. I'm gonna tell you. I'm, uh, yeah, you know, I did avoid it like the plague. Yeah, and I think that's some of the anxiety came from that. Sure, because um, you can't run a team without conflict. Can't run a team without conflict. Right, without and there's a lot of growth in conflict if you handle it right. It's a lot of gro- it's great growth. And if you don't, oh boy. Yes. Yeah, there's some pressure there. I feel that. Yeah. And I feel pressure. You know, the last few years from. Uh, fam, well, not fam, parents. Yeah, <laughs> can't avoid it, really. And I think that's part of. Yeah, we can, there's a whole other conversation. I don't want to get into that one. No, 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 no. Parents are a different breed yes, nowadays. They are, and but Lucy's been, yeah, you know, right there the whole time. And you know, she was, uh, she actually dated my roommate. and We were just good friends, you know, for a while. And yeah. I ran into her and said, like, hey, you want to go for a hike? And I called her the next day. I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and, yeah. and she just has really taught me a lot about relationships. And it's not always going to be hockey-dory. It can't be. No. No. It can't be. Not, not if things are going to get better and things are going to grow. or right. It can't be always that right. way. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. Um, hmm. So. So, man, this went, what a life, man! What Woo. a life! Now, so just briefly, what? See, so you've been te- you're gonna. What's next? Do you have uh, an idea what you're gonna next? do? I mean, um, I mean, you're, what you mentioned skiing and mountain biking. You have your your passions. I mean, you've been you know just to kind of very quickly wrap it up a little bit here. You just like every other human being, part of this podcast is for we're, we just like all the other people are. We have stuff we go through. We have stuff we can utilize. We have stuff we we, we try not to utilize, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. and we we try to follow what we love. Yeah, and a lot of people get stuck in places where they just hate what they're doing. Yeah, and they don't know how to get themselves out. You've been lucky. You've said you've been lucky. Yeah, you've done what you love. 
what's the next thing for what you love? I mean, uh, what are you going to do? Well, there's a couple of things. You know, one, uh, last year of JV football, I'm going to keep coaching hockey because it's, you know. No pressure. It's like, yeah. It's like yeah. riding a bike. You just yeah. get on and go and have yeah. fun. And, yeah. Um, in an ideal world, the next few years, go like part-time teaching mm-hmm. and have a little more time to myself. I'm finding that I really haven't given myself much time all yeah. these years, you know? Oh, I do know. Um, and then, so, like this summer, in the summers, I've been mountain biking like crazy. It's just been awesome. Um, in the winter, you know, if, with hockey, if I want to go skiing, go ahead. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. I want to continue just to be able to do those more. Um, and then, you know, our kids are getting older and out of the house. And yeah. last fall, Lucy and I started hiking the... 48 4,000 footers in New oh, Hampshire. Oh, wow. We got eight of them done. Wow. But, well, that's fine. Yeah. You know, to spend time, more time with her again, we sort of discovered in the fall. So I think probably wean myself off of teaching. Sure. <laughs> yeah. to go cold turkey. No, no. But I've also found I need to work. Right. I'm, you're, I'm sure you're just like me. Yeah. Like, anytime in the summer when, I, you know, there's a lull, I could easily, and this happened in COVID, I could easily find myself getting up, eating breakfast, watching TV, falling asleep, <laughs> have a little lunch, fall asleep, <laughs> and then next thing you know, it's dinner. Yeah. And when I get done, any, any, during any time of that day when I wake up, I find the anxieties like through the freaking roof. Yeah, yeah. So I know I need to have things to do, a schedule. Yeah. A list. Know, a list. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sure. And a job of some kind. I don't know. Right. I'd love to mow lawns. I'd love to get on a lawnmower and just somebody tell me, go mow that field. Okay. ESPN radio. Yeah. On the headphones. <laughs> and just. Yeah. You know. Well, um, maybe there's a future for you here soon at UVM. Yes. <laughs> Not so far-fetched. But, yeah. You know, yeah. that's kind of what I, I don't have grandiose. Yeah. Travel the world. But you're but uh, to continue living a passionate life when you're done doing your job, you're gonna spend more time with your family, mountain yes. bike, ski, yes. cut some grass, yeah. And that's gonna say, you know, somewhere the, you're gonna be involved with kids somehow. I well, that's why I'm doing 802. I can't. Yeah, it feels like it feeds you so it well. Feeds yeah, me. yeah, yeah. You know, we just went. And we you have so much to offer. Why not do it? Why not? Yeah, right. right. Of course, I mean, the kids. That, that's great for everybody. Yeah, it's yeah. a win-win. Win. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I this weekend we were owing whatever and some lacrosse yeah. tournament. But I had a great time with the yeah. kids, and I, yeah. you know, help them, and that sure. makes me feel good. And yeah, you know, so good yeah, I you. think continue. You no, know, do things that I wasn't able to do all those years of all that coaching, which I loved. Right. But now it's time to for a little me time. Yeah. Lucy and I us time. Yeah. Which is sometimes it's hard to realize and understand and do, but I'm learning that it feels good to go on a two-hour mountain bike ride in the middle of the day when I don't have any... That's good. You know, so... Good for you. Well, thanks. This has been awesome, man. I, I think I think I've learned a lot today just in this conversation. Yeah. And I appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, I, I just... I, and I hope it helps. It, it definitely helps. And my... I mean, this is... This work I'm doing is, you know, to be perfectly honest, it's a little bit selfish because yeah. I... Love these conversations, yeah, and yeah. I'm, I love connecting with people that are doing what they love, and even more of that, I love hearing the story about why they love what they love. Yeah, and and, you, and you're, I mean, yeah. you're a great example of why yeah. I love doing this, and using your experience and your your life in the best way you know how to yeah. use it. So yeah. I think it's amazing. So yeah. 
Awesome. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. This was fun. I agree. Goodbye. See ya. <laughs> Thank you for uh, listening. I think we all need a Dean Corkum in our lives, don't you think? And uh, probably most of us can identify somebody like Dean that's positive and every time you interact with them and hang out with them or even just chat for a moment with them, you just feel better when you walk away. Um, so I think we need, you know, more Dean Corkums in the world. And even though he is a unique individual like we all are, I don't think it's impossible for us all to be or to harness that par- that part of us that is attractive to be around. And I'm not talking physical attraction in any way. I'm talking about the authentic and the 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 realness and the vulnerable um interactions that allow somebody just to feel really good and comfortable and safe. So uh thank you Dean one more time. We I really appreciate you uh being the very first interview I put on this podcast. It was great and I'm glad you said yes and I really appreciate it. Uh this is the time now of the podcast where I'm going to offer my uh gratitude for something that is supporting me in this whole endeavor and it's not it's not always going to be a person. Uh, it sometimes will be something a little bit off the beaten path like today is. So today I would like to offer my gratitude for iron. <laughs> uh, yes, I-R-O-N, iron. The stuff that's created from a star exploding somewhere crazy far away across the universe and then coalesced into this massive you know, ball of rock we call Earth, which then in turn is essential for us to survive with our blood carrying oxygen, one of the most important minerals we have, most important mineral potentially uh, on the planet. Well, first of all, it's totally essential for building of steel. So I just want to kind of throw my support to things much larger than us. Uh, and identify some of those things. So today, it's iron brought to you from the stars. <laughs> and the very last thing I'm going to try to do <clears throat> at the end of every podcast is tell a really, well, just, I don't want to say dumb or stupid, so to uh, tell what is considered in my family and probably in most families to be a dad joke. So here it is. What do you call a deer with no eyes? I'll give you a second to figure it out. Some of you already know the answer. Some of you are trying to figure it out. And the answer is no idea. (laughs) Yes, that is a typical classic dad joke. I will end every podcast with. And thank you once again. Don't forget, if you'd like to subscribe to this, share it with your friends. Um, check, you can check more of my work and, uh, thoughts and ideas out at metastate.us and on Facebook, Metastating with Michael. Thank you very much. Bye.